Hello, Olympio, and welcome to Skills for Mars. I'm really happy to be hosting you. Hello, Yulia. Hello, Yulia. Nice to meet you again and see you after such a long period. Huh? We, are, we, we know each other for such a long time. I'm really, exactly. you know, very happy to, to uh, be with you in this project. So, Thank you so much for joining. I'm looking forward to this discussion because I think it's, a, I think it's an important one. Rarely you see any kind of uh, doctors or medical experts talking about the future of their, of their industry. So I'm really, really happy to be having this chat with you. Yes, uh, well, it was very, you know, uh, interesting that w when you proposed me to do this talk, and um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, maybe every day, how how can I improve my, you know, my job, and what's the future of uh, of what I'm doing? So it was really uh, a nice subject, and I, I'm really happy that I can, you know, put my insight here. Can you introduce yourself a bit and okay. uh, maybe name, education, what you do for a living and how did you get there? So um, uh, I'm 40 years old. I am, my name is Olympio Hrciaga. I'm Romanian and uh, I've studied medicine in Cluj-Napoca. And um, uh, afterwards I specialize in dermatology and plastic surgery. That's for, uh, you know, for last uh, 10 years, what I've been doing. And right now I'm uh, I'm a specialist. I'm I'm um, pretty much practicing uh, only aesthetic surgery in Cluj-Napoca in Romania for three years now. Uh, so this is what I'm doing for a living. Like one of my colleagues would say, I'm I'm suturing for a living, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm tying knots. <laughs> is this why you chose uh, aesthetic surgery, or was there any other reason why you chose this particular field in, med in medicine? Uh, well, it's an interesting story because actually aesthetic surgery, I think, chose me. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't thought in during my my faculty that I will do aesthetic surgery, but uh, I've chose first to do dermatology, and from dermatology, I've I've started to to do surgery, more surgeries, more surgeries, and then I moved into this field of actually in the plastic surgery because. If you want to become an aesthetic surgeon, you have to do a training in plastic surgery. And the plastic surgery is actually the, the name of the specialization. There is not an, an aesthetic surgery. You cannot train only in aesthetic surgery. So you have to be, become a plastic surgeon and then uh, you decide if you want to do aesthetic surgery or not. And aesthetic surgery is, of course, part of the training, but the big, the big uh, image is plastic surgery, plastic and reconstructive surgery. So this, I guess, includes everything related to burns or any other yeah. functional stuff as well, not only aesthetic, right? Sure, sure. Aesthetic surgery, I, I would say it's a, a very small part of the, of the field. Actually, the plastic surgery, is, it is about reconstruction and uh, repairing, you know, um, getting back the function and also the image of uh, traumatized people, of burned people and... Uh, I think uh, somewhere, I mean, aesthetic surgery is quite old, but maybe after the war, it, it become, uh, you know, like uh, uh, more available to regular people. And it's actually a tiny part of the, of the, of the whole field. But it's, uh, yeah, a very interesting and very demanding one because, of course, you work with, uh, with the healthy people, actually, and you don't want to get those healthy people... Um, you know, unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, now you you mentioned the war. Is this how plastic surgery started? Uh, no, actually, plastic surgery started very, very, you know, like maybe a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. The, it, it was recognized only in, during the 50s after the war. It was recognized as a, as a different, you know, specialization and a different uh, branch of surgery. At the beginning, it was a part of the armamentarium of a regular surgeon. So regular surgeons would, would do reconstructive surgery and yeah, actually... In the beginning of the day, a surgeon could do everything from neurosurgery to, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, internal surgery or gastrointestinal surgery. And then um, w- w- when the time passed, uh, they, they start to specialize into different areas. And now it's, you know, they, they, everything is moving to a very tiny, to, to, to tiny uh, branches, to, to specializations, let's say. Plastic surgery is one of those. Tell me something. I was thinking about it and I'm happy in my job when someone gets, right, I do recruitment. So when someone gets a job and they write to me a message and they say that uh, that uh, they are happy with the job, I'm the happiest in the world. I made someone happy. Their life is good. Their family life is good. It's perfect. How do you feel when someone that comes to you in, in, to your practice, healthy, wanting to look better, or to have something functional repaired, how do you feel when that's done and they come back with a big smile? It's very rewarding. Um, it's 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 something that you 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 fear some sometimes that it won't happen, and when it happens, you're 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 so you know happy, and uh, you 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 just find you know fuel to go to another day because it's. I have to say a demanding job, and uh, of course, when you when you do something good, then everybody's happy and you you feel good, and you just find you know enough uh, fuel and enough energy to 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 uh, to learn something new and to go to go ahead with with your job. So, um, I, I I wouldn't say. Uh, you know, I'm looking for for this every every, every moment. But definitely, uh, I want to I want to have good results. And I think uh, this can be, can become a problem if you are too perfectionist. Then it it, it will it will come against you. Okay. <laughs> a surgeon, especially an aesthetic surgeon. So you you, you cannot get everybody's happy. That, this is what I've uh, I've learned in um, you know in, in, in last years. But I'm trying and trying hard to get everybody happy, and it's it's really a, a cool a cool feeling when the patients are coming back to you and they are you know saying, look, look you changed my life." Actually, I had uh, um, uh, I think yesterday or the day after the day the day before a lady which I've done a, a lip lift, and he he she told me that uh, you know you boost my self-esteem by 100%. And it was such a, such a, a, a small surgery, actually. It's just a lip lift. So just I lift her lip up. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, people, they're having all sorts of, uh, you know, um, I wouldn't say problems, but ideas. And if you make the, if you help them to, to uh, fulfill their dreams, then you make them happy. 
Oh, for sure. Because I was thinking, I was looking at the pictures, right, of the surgeries that you've done. And I was thinking, wow, these people might have suffered their entire life for nose, lip, ear, breasts, yeah. and everything else. They you might have it. suffered for their whole whole life. And then finally, they have what they wanted. And they you can know? be proud of themselves and uh, show up at the beach. Sure, sure. That's the way it is. Actually, you know, uh, one of my seniors, doctors, uh, would say, uh, he said... Actually, aesthetic surgery is surgery of the brain, actually. So the, 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 the people can live with, without that surgery. And when you operate them, you actually operate their brain. <laughs> so it's sort of psychiatric surgery. So you just boost them their morale. It's uh, that, interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that, that must feel amazing. You told me it's a demanding job. What does it day or a week or a month in the life of a plastic surgeon look like? Well, um, since I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing only aesthetic surgery, so I'm not working in another hospital, then, uh, you know, all my energy is concentrating into aesthetic part of the job, aesthetic surgery. So what I'm doing, I'm usually operating two times uh, per week and the rest uh, three times, uh, three days per week, I'm doing consultations. Um, I'm trying to not, I mean, to not work that hard, let's say, because, you know, um, I don't rush anywhere and I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to, you know, to, I don't know, the moon. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to not, not overwork myself, but what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to, um, you know, to, uh, have a look, uh, at, at, at each case and uh, trying to find the best way to achieve what they want to achieve. And uh, I've said at the, at the beginning that aesthetic surgery is a different branch from plastic surgery or reconstructive surgery, but in a way it's actually also reconstructive surgery because when you, let's say, do a nose, you actually reconstruct that nose. So you have to respect the anatomy and just to modify that anatomy to have a, a, a result that you, you want. Uh, so it's demanding because you have to, each case you have to, you know, to, to review and to find the best uh, method to operate it. Uh, it's, uh, so aesthetic surgery, it's, um, it's a very individualized surgery. Uh, and each technique, you cannot maybe apply to each patient. So your technique has to uh, suffer modification when you apply to another patient. So I think that's maybe the... An interesting part and also demanding part because you you as other other surgeries I would say like uh, I don't know um, they do pretty much the same technical aspects are, are the same but in, in aesthetic surgery you have to modify that to the anatomy of the patient and not not even two patients are are, are not the same so everybody's different I think that's the that's the most demanding part, actually, you know, because you have to adapt. You have to really, really adapt yourself to different anatomies. Yeah. And now this begs the question because I know this has started to change in dentistry, but th did it change in aesthetic um, uh, surgery as well, where the patient is not a patient anymore, but they somehow become customers, and you shift sure. a bit the focus because they participate in the process. They give the opi their opinions. They have feedback. Sure. Before it wasn't like that. They were just yeah subordinate sure. to the doctor. It's true. It's true. And um, I think in aesthetic surgery, I, I'm, I'm talking that every day actually with my nurses and with uh, my 
um, assistants that actually we don't have patients. In aesthetic surgery, we have customers. And that's very true. Uh, even even the, the way that we like drive our business, it's more like towards the customer than towards, uh, towards uh, a patient. Because you have to advertise yourself, you have to sell in a way your service. And that's not very medical, I would say. Of course, the, 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 the patients are coming because they heard that you are a good doctor and other patients are, are, are told them this. But also, they come when you see your uh, advertisement. So that's why it's actually we have, we have customers. So you are right. It's maybe like in dentistry or more like in the, the dentistry, it's still they, I think they have patients for most of the procedures, but we have mainly, mainly in aesthetic surgery uh, customers. So the people are, are not ill. Does this change the relationship you have with them? I think yes. I as think, as a course, doctor? Yes, I think it's actually more demanding because as you earlier said, you cannot, you know, uh, I don't know, tell that, tell that patient, look, you have to do this and that, and they go and do it. You have to explain them, and of course the expectations are higher. It's because also of the money that they pay, because aesthetic surgery is not, you know, reimbursed by, 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 by state. So mm -hmm. Everybody has to pay their own um, surgeries, and they're not cheap, actually. So it, because that I think uh, the relationship it's more is more. I mean, a doctor has to involve more in, into this relation. You have to explain more. You have to you know very be very careful what you are t telling them. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a bit different. It's a bit different. These skills are not taught in in a medical university. Where did you learn them? How did you grow as a business person? And how did you develop your relationship with, with customers where this was yeah. not taught? <laughs> I don't know if I'm good enough to this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm asking myself every day if I'm, you know, if I'm advertising myself enough or whatever. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not very concerned about that. So um, I think common sense can teach you something. <laughs> as in, as in uh, every other aspect of your life. You have to be born with a with a, a small sense of you know business of doing business, and uh, maybe I have some, maybe I, I don't have enough. I don't know. Uh, and um, you know, I, I was looking. Internet can teach you, of course. You can you can follow courses. You can you can see other surgeons what they are doing, especially in the in the United States. They are very good at, at doing this. So. I think I followed a lot of web pages, a lot of you know webinars, a lot of uh, now Instagram can teach you a lot. Uh, I, I haven't followed uh, you know a, a MBA or something <laughs> because I don't have the time. Um, and I, I have some people which I hire them, and they are you know taking care of my website, of my I don't know accounts, uh, social media accounts and stuff like that. But in the end, in the end, um, it's the quality of the, of, of the job that you're doing. It's, it's doing the most advertisement. I mean, on, on the long term, because you can start, you know, with a lot of advertisement and, and lose your, your, your steam. The results are not quite mm -hmm. uh, as good as people are expecting to be. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> 
No, I, I'm I'm thinking because everyone, all the doctors that I know lately had to become business managers. They had to do personal branding, which is totally out of their skill range. True. And then as as uh, do you right uh, common sense and then internet and all of that. They that's how they get uh, taught and they learn uh, step by yes. step, <laughs> like all of us. It's true. It's true. Some other doctors are very good at this. Uh, some other are not very good. I don't know uh, which ones are having the most of the patients, but in the end, in the end, it's the quality of the of your work, which is, uh, you know, uh, I think more than 60% of your, you know, um, tools that are bringing patients to you. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's important when you start. Of course, it's, it's, it's good if you, to have a good image, um, yeah, social media image and stuff like that, but still uh, results are, are, are more... Are more important. Uh, you 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 uh, got educated in the UK as well and practiced in the UK as well. Is yes, there sir. a difference between the Romanian and the UK market? Well, very very. It's a big difference. I would say <laughs> it's a big difference between UK and uh, continental Europe in terms of, 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 of training. Uh, yes, and in terms of market as well. Uh, I would say the training in UK as a plastic surgeon it's. Uh, very, it's longer, it's harder, and they get top of the notch training. Um, well, lately, because they they, I don't know, they um, somehow they are, I would say they are they are not letting the residents do so much work because of the legal aspects. The training is not that good at, as it was at it was before let's say 20 years ago but still the training it's 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 very good and the market of course it's uh, it's it's uh, compared to the market where i work it's more mature i would say so people are, are knowing well you know the services that they're looking for and they have i think the expectations also are more you know realistic than in, in the market where i work Romania, it's quite a you know young market for for, for this type of uh, <clears throat> business, and uh, actually all the, the the procedures are different. Of course, because of the also of the anatomy of the people we have in Romania maybe more problem with the noses than uh, in the UK because they have the more Nordic aspect and we are more Eastern aspect. So that's one of the <laughs> differences. I, I operate more a lot of noses, uh, but also the, the the people which are coming to consultations in UK, they are more mature and they know um, you know better <clears throat> what they expect to be. And I would say you know uh, another interesting aspect is that they are not maybe not maybe the patients which I saw they are not so concerned uh, about. Tiny, tiny um, uh, uh, imperfections, I would say. In Eastern country, and I've, I've talked with, with, with Turkish uh, colleagues, which they said that you know the, the the local people are more demanding than the people which are coming from Western countries. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just my impression. You see them more often than uh, than definitely we do. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your impression counts. Yeah. More so so. <laughs> Well, I also want to say that the, the Western people are more easygoing. Than mm-hmm. 
I think society is more accepting as well of little imperfections. Whereas mm-hmm. if I go home in Romania and mm-hmm. I'm not the smallest person or anything, I'm I can You're be judged. considered. Yeah, I'm judged immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm in, in a Western country, no one cares about it. Like literally yeah. no one cares. But at yeah. home, everyone cares. Maybe. So I think maybe it's cultural as well. A bit. Could be. Could be. Could be. <laughs> and I, I think it's, you know, um, um, more, you know, uh, more intense if you go Eastern than Romania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, Korea. It's yeah. well known for China as well for uh, for That's what true. they're doing. That's true. That's That's true. That's so true. yes, so, apparently Easterners are more concerned with how it how uh, they look. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Even if uh, you know, in uh, it's not that accepted. I would say in uh, you know more Eastern countries, not the not the democratic ones, but in other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the experience in the UK was very very nice. I mean, I've. I, uh, I've uh, had the, the luck to meet people which are, are still friends with me now and we talk about cases and uh, I work with with some, you know, very, very nice guys up there. I, I've been in, in probably three hospitals. The most of the time I, I spend in Oxford and I'm, I'm still a very good friend with my former boss from there, <laughs> which are experienced now. I, I can say that I'm more experienced than him in aesthetic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> are you looking to? Are you looking at some point to uh, to move to the UK or no? No, no, no. no. It, it was not for me. The society. I don't want to get into details, but uh, that actually the, the the you know the uh, I wouldn't say that the main difference, but. Uh, they work very, very hard, those people, you know, and they don't want to work that hard. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to have, uh, you know, time with my family and so on and do something else as well. And because I came from another country, it, it was not possible. I mean, I had to tra- to, to work and to uh, recognize my training a lot of years. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. And I, I moved to a country where the aim is to work as efficient as possible mm-hmm. and as little as possible. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so no one wants to work uh, the full day here or 12 hours or anything. No, the aim is to work maybe two, three hours a day, uh, be extremely efficient and then go back home, mm-hmm. take care of your family, take care of the yeah, your friends, hobbies, hobbies mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that's the future as well. Nah. And are you using... Or are, are you putting in place any kind of technology in aesthetic surgery so it can help you work less? Mm. Is there any chance, even if you're not using it, but but are there advancements in technology in aesthetic surgery so at some point doctors can have more time for themselves, even more time to study, to read research, right? You don't usually get that. Yes. Well, regarding time, it's, I think, your as well your personal choice. So you can work less and then you have more time and then you... You don't have to, as I said, to go to the moon by doing this job. Uh, of course, technology can help us. And uh, I want to give you a, you know, a, a brief example. What happened now during this COVID-19 crisis, when I didn't have to go to a Congress, I could have my Congress in, in front of my screen. There were so many webinars, and I, I learned so much during this time, actually, because 
everybody, every society, every, you know, professional society had a lot of webinars which were free. You could, you could watch uh, movies with surgeons doing surgery instead of going to a Congress. So that's a, a small example of how technology can improve our lives as, a, as a aesthetic surgeons. And I'm talking about uh, some other areas, of course, they are. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I was thinking in a day that maybe in aesthetic surgery, it will not come that day when a robot will, will operate a, a patient or a, a customer. Actually, I think I'm wrong. Today, <laughs> but not during our lives. Aesthetic surgery is still, I think, the most human-related part of the of the, of the entire surgical, uh, you know, areas. I think it's very human-related. I, I think it will it will you know take some times when a robot will do surgery for us. But mm-hmm. till then, <laughs> till then, I think uh, right now we have a lot of software which we can use for morphing images. I'm using that software to morph my patients, especially for the noses and for the, I don't know, augmentations of the face or something like that, and also for surgery. And this can, it can help you a lot because you can explain to the patient and also you can plan your surgery regarding that. So that's a big help, I think. Uh, most of the time when, I, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm sending a patient's a morphing image with their noses. They are very happy, and they are, you know, we we like we like uh, we like save a lot of explanation of the time. So the morph image is like a digital. Yeah, you you, you may, I, I make photos. I make photos and then I morph them. I mm-hmm. use Photoshop to morph them. Nice. Okay. The, how how the nose? You know, it's not hundred percent. It's not a guarantee, and that's very good stated there. But it's still something that I aim for, and they mm-hmm. see how they look, because it's you know you, you you cannot imagine yourself how you look with a new nose or with a new mm-hmm. nose. But when you see a picture, then it's more realistic, and you say <laughs> your actor can or or uh, he's trying to do this. So I'm I'm happy with that. And they get more relaxed, I I imagine. Yes. Of course. Uh, also, you can. Uh, what else you can? You can. I, I'm doing, you know, CT scans for some patients to see the internal structure of the nose. That's again technology. Um, yeah. So I think in aesthetic surgery, mainly, mainly the the, the image. We work a lot with the image, and uh, therefore we we use we imply or we use in our practice uh, this kind of uh, software where you work with the pictures, you work with the images. Um, there are on the market some very cool softwares which they can tell you, say for a breast implant, what kind of implant to use to get to that image. So I think that's the next level where uh, uh, artificial intelligence will, will, will tell you you have to do that or you have to put those uh, amount of that amount of uh, PET in a face patient to have that image. Yeah, so I think that's... Um, something that we, 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 we're going to go into. Okay, and of course, then I can, I can tell you about um, um, advancements in uh, terms of uh, instruments and in terms of uh, stuff that we use during the surgery. I'm using to cut the bone now. I'm not using anymore the sizzle and the hammer as maybe... <laughs> 
uh, rhinoplasty used to do it, or rhinoplasty surgery used to do it 50 years. We are now, I mean, some surgeons I'm using now, and I'm using that, I'm using ultrasound. There is a device which okay. mainly dentists are using. Actually, it's a, like a very powerful scaler. When you, you yeah, you deep, uh, whatever, you use it for, for tooth. And uh, we have that device much more powerful that can cut the bone. So you can cut the bone very, very precise. Um, not that much trauma. The, the patients are not, you know, having those, uh, you know, image scars and black, exactly, exactly, black eyes. Exactly. And it's, it's more control. It's more control. It's definitely more control, and you, you can get what you want more easier than to use the scissor and the hammer. Yes. Yeah, so, are there and is there anyone who maybe already started to requesting some to request some I don't know electronic beautifying devices or using stem cells or anything like that in in plastic or aesthetic surgery or not yet? So stem cells, uh, well, that's an interesting uh, subject as well. Uh, the ultimate ultimate filler, you know about fillers, huh? Do you use acid hyaluronic or hyaluronic acid? No. No, I don't. You don't. I don't think I need it. Look at me. Okay. You don't, <laughs> of course. Um, so uh, a lot of people are using hyaluronic acid to, you know, to fill the gaps and um, whatever, to refresh their faces. And the ultimate filler would be, you know, fat. Actually, mm -hmm. you use fat from your own body and to transfer into another part of the body. But the problem with the fat is that uh, you don't know how much it will survive. So... Uh, Lately, uh, there are some there are some researches which are using stem cells extracting from that fat and reintroducing it into that into, into fat to make that fat to uh, to to survive in a, in a bigger percentage than before. So that's about stem cells. Of course, there are a lot of you know advertisement, but it's not like it's not that easy. I mean. We are just guessing where the stem cells uh, can be used. Yeah, stem cells. I, I have I have another question, which was because I thought of you while uh, while COVID was uh, happening. Mm -hmm. Did you have to do any kind of telemedicine with the patients that maybe you already uh, operated on and you couldn't check on them? Yes. How how did things happen during this pandemic? Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that's another exa example of, uh, you know, of uh, technology which is influencing our lives and uh, our medical uh, practice, practicing. Uh, yes, I have used, I've used video calls and video consultation actually during this, this period of months. I've, I've done uh, <clears throat> video consultations and I also check my patients on, on, on video. So it was very, very And we can, you know... Uh, of, of our patients actually it was fantastic that we have this tool because everybody has you know a cell phone or a smartphone actually and it was easy i haven't had any patients which i couldn't you know see mm -hmm. they could send me photos so yeah it was a remote uh <laughs> remote, uh, medical praxis but uh... we, could, we, we, we could function yeah, I, I I thought of you several times uh, in this period because I, 
I, I know when I send you pictures and then, oh, and whenever I send pictures to doctors and they say, yeah, I have to see you face to face. You know how this goes. <laughs> I cannot put, put a diagnosis on pictures. <laughs> so now it seems like we are getting used to this. Yeah, sure, sure we can. Sure we can. Especially, you know, in aesthetic surgery where pictures and images is everything and easily, easily send pictures and you can you can have an idea of what's happening. If it's something acute, then you can tell the patient, "Oh, look, I really have. I really, I really need to see you." Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it's not that way. So yeah, it's just a check. So yeah, we could we could. Do you do you think the aesthetic and plastic surgery market will be growing? Do you think it will stay the same? Uh, during just i don't know 10 on, on, on short on short term or long term short term long term okay so uh, on a, on a short term i was surprised to see that you know the number of the requests are not not dropping because mm-hmm. what is talking now to, prices will come maybe it will drop in, in late later on in the year but right now it's not dropping and uh, my impression is that you know because automatization and um, um, technology and artificial intelligence, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, penetrating everywhere. I think the people will work less mm-hmm. <laughs> and they will spend more time, uh, you know, uh, into spas, into maybe into aesthetic practices. So I think, the, I think the business will grow. I'm definitely, I am pretty positive. When, when I see the trends and when, when I see the number of the procedures, it's growing every year, so it will not stop because of this as well, and because you know the, the people will not uh, will not work that hard anymore. Definitely. Yeah. So well, and the well-being and the looks are definitely getting more and more important. Even with with uh, Instagram, right? Everyone needs to look at their best, and these sure. are all pictures where you show off, not uh, not sure. doing anything else. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. That's true. That's true. Selfies are, are 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 you know are making people crazy. I have patients. I have uh, I have patients which are coming that and saying to me that you know, I I don't look good in selfies, so I want to you know change that and that. So that's <laughs> clearly a sign that uh, you know social media it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know uh, an influencer. Yes. In- interesting. I don't know if this is good or not. <laughs> but it's just happening. It's just happening, and I think the the the, the trends will be still higher in the next year. If anyone wants to become a plastic or an aesthetic surgeon, what are the top five most critical skills that they need to have? That you think that they need to have to make it out there? Yes, interesting question. And I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not old enough to recommend somebody to become a plastic surgeon or not. But I can tell you from my personal experience that you have to be resilient. So you have to think that you need to train a long, a long time and then you can become a good plastic surgeon or a good aesthetic surgeon. So if, if everybody goes into there, they have to think it's, it's, it's a hard work. And you have to be, your family has to support you. You have to... Uh, I would say uh, even physically you have to be very resilient because not mainly in aesthetics, but in plastic surgery, they, you can have surgeries 12 hours. I had during my residency surgeries 12 hours when you reconstruct a hand or something else. 
uh, which is an, yeah, and it's emergency. You have to go to the hospital and you come back home next day to stay all the night operating. So physical resilience can be also an important uh, aspect. Of course, mental has to be very tough, I think. And uh, uh, you, you have to be good with your hands. That's true. You have to be very handy. You have to like to do things and things have to be, you know, <laughs> coming out from your hands in a good shape. I don't know how to say that. You have to like to repair things. You have to like to uh, even to do, I don't know, sculptures, paintings. You have to good, be good at that. You have to love art, I think, to be an aesthetic surgeon because it's about, it's about you know, art and beauty. You have to, I don't know, to love beauty. Of course, everybody loves it, but you have to, you know, recognize it and to know how to uh, achieve that. What's wrong with the person? How can you get that person better looking? Uh, and then I think you have to be good, be good in, in geometry. Uh, yeah, something like that. So it's, it's, I think, a lot of skills. And uh, unfortunately, nobody tests that skill. I, actually, when you go into, into this, uh, it, it's, it's totally, uh, you know, uh, a luck. It's, uh, nobody tests your skills when you go into these residence. Nobody is uh, asking you, okay, do you know how to you know, paint something or do something or with your hand? Nobody. It's just a matter of test and you go there and you see if you're lucky enough, you're, you're, you have your, 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 uh, your genes with you. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say because all of this, I mean, being handy, loving art, loving beauty, understanding this, geometry and all of that, it's not something you learn in school and not that's something true. that's tested when you get into when you when you get into medical schools not something that that's tested when you choose your specialty definitely not it's, i i saw some you know some uh, videos from japan and they, mm -hmm. they apparently they test something else that only you know only only like like your your knowledge so they test also when, when you get into the medical school they test all of the handiness and what they can do with their hands, but not many are definitely not. And I, I don't know in Western countries if any any countries is, is testing that. So I think that's very very important. I would I would definitely do this <laughs> some kind of test for for people which are going into this field because you know they they can be very good into some other areas and they can ruin their life if they if they if they end up in in such a job and they don't like it or or maybe they like it but they are not you know. You know, they don't have the, 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 the skills to do it. Because For sure, and it takes a very long time to study it. I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's yeah, a lot of study, lot but, of but, but uh, 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 you know, alongside with the study, it's something that you have to have it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have... I, I can say that I'm not a very, you know, I wasn't a very, very, you know, bright student or stuff like that. And you don't have to be that bright student. You, of course, you have to pass your exam and stuff like that. But uh, alongside with that, you have to have your skills with you. Otherwise, it will be a, a terrible, a terrible you know, mistake in, in, into going there. Really, it's was there one of them that you had hard, a hardship with that you had to learn and uh, put an accent on? I know you were handy, so the the handiness handy. part was not was not your issue. I'm sure I'm not, the resilience I'm not was not your issue. It's true. 
I'm not that uh, speedy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need I need time to be more speedy. Surgeries are taking maybe are taking maybe twenty percent more than you know. Than, and I'm very I'm very I'm looking to details and maybe I shouldn't do that much. <laughs> you are very detailed, true. I do remember that. <laughs> yes, but that's as I said at the beginning. Can can uh, you know um, be again yeah. sometimes? Sometimes, of course. Um, I'm just like at the beginning of my career. You worked in two markets and you studied in, in, in two different places. And I know you're in touch with a lot of people. Is there a better place to get educated? Maybe a good cost yes. and experience and practice uh, balance? Or what sure. would you look for if anyone is, is wants to get educated and become, become an aesthetic surgeon or plastic surgeon? Shall, shall, shall we say number, name of the countries or... Or why not even names of universities if we know one which is good and... Um... I don't know university, but I can say that in France, apparently, I haven't been, but talking with colleagues, I, I understand that in France they get, they, they get quite a good training in plastic surgery. But of course, the top-notch country is US to go there and uh, to have a fellowship or to start your training there. It's uh, definitely... The, you, you get the best training because... Uh, it is like that. When you do plastic surgery in your residency, you don't learn a lot of aesthetic surgery, actually, because it's not the aim. The hospital which pays you actually wants to use you or to train you to do reconstructive surgery. They don't want, they don't, they don't care about your aesthetic, you know, work. So, but in U.S., apparently they, they, the residents are, are trained in aesthetic surgery as well. So that's why I'm saying that they have more comprehensive uh, training program that in Europe, from what I know, even in UK, they don't have aesthetic surgery so much. They they have some, but most in private, not in the in the NHS hospital. Yes, in France and in Germany, it's pretty much the same. They do have some aesthetic surgery in in, uh, in state-owned hospitals, but the top the top country it's uh, it's US and South Korea, as you mentioned earlier. Okay. Is there one, if anyone doesn't have the right finances to go to South Korea or the US, some good balance that they can find anywhere? Would that no. be France, Germany? I think France or Germany should be, bad, should be good. Any, 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 yes, any, any of these two countries can get you a good training, pretty much good training. But you know what? It's your drive which actually makes, your, makes a good training. You have to travel a lot. You have to if you have to drive, you will get a good training because you you are concerned because you don't know how to do that procedure. So you want to go to see somebody or to go to a congress, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Training into this, but it's long, hard, you know, way. Uh, it should be, you know, more. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people are talking about it should be more, 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 um, more into our residency, more, more aesthetic surgery into our residency, but it's not. They said uh, the hospitals are having you know, trauma patients, burn patients, and you, you work with these kind of patients. Yeah. But maybe that's driven by insurance companies as well, right? Because aesthetic surgery is not covered it's usually true. by insurances, right? but whereas the rest might be covered. Yes, the rest is definitely covered. I don't know what, what to ask, what, what to answer to your question. Uh, if somebody doesn't have you know, the money to, to travel and to go, it would be very diff- difficult. I would... In Romania, actually, 
actually we had a, quite a good training in, in plastic surgery in, in my in my city and uh, people are very open minded have a lot of cases and maybe because it's not so well um, how should i say uh, it's more uh, you can touch the patients without any problems you can you don't have to have so many papers legally yeah, legally mm-hmm. operate so it's more you can easily do things with your hands back home than maybe in uh, in in UK in UK I had to you know, I have I had to have insurance even if I wanted to help somebody in aesthetic surgery so I have to insure myself as a as a helper which was <laughs> it's unthinkable back home yeah yeah but it's very regulated and that's also that has a lot of good parts as well is there a possibility to do any kind of practical work in a practice like yours or anyone else's who's maybe more experienced and you are a student and you just ask for an internship or something like this? Does this exist in... Of course, of course. I'm doing okay. the same. I'm doing the same. Okay. I'm just asking people if I can go and uh, shadow them and watch them. So most of most of them, I don't think I had one which refused me. But most of them will, will, will accept you and you can go there and watch them. Of course, you don't get any pay. You have to pay yourself expenses and stuff. But, uh, apart from that, there are, you know, some fellowships that you can apply. Actually, I have I've applied to, I've, I had a fellowship uh, run by, by Dutch uh, Aesthetic uh, Surgeon Association or something. Uh, and... They didn't pay me anything, but the hospital where I, I went, choose Germany, uh, offered me uh, accommodation for free. Mm-hmm. So you can get those. You can definitely get those. You have to go have a good CV, and then you apply for fellowship. There are more and more, many, many, many fellowships now. And so I think you can get the training, but it's, it's a long way and hard way. As I said, you have to travel a lot. Family has to support you. Yeah. It's not easy. Anything, two or three advices that you would like to give people that are just starting in this? And maybe they just chose their specialty uh, in plastic <laughs> or aesthetic surgery. Sure, sure. Well, uh, I think they have to specialize early. They have to recognize what they like. Because plastic surgery is very, very broad. Aesthetic surgery is just one, one part, one small part, but you can choose you know, hand surgery, burn surgery. So if you specialize, then you know what you are looking for and you can... You can get very good at that. You can follow only those people. You can, yeah. I think that's very important, specialized. Also, I would recommend them to travel, see more than one uh, people which are doing the same procedure because every, everybody's doing different. I think you have, you have to be a member of at least one society and to attend congresses and to attend conferences. You have to be, you have to try to write a paper. Uh, I've, wrote a few, not a lot. They wrote a few. I think it can teach you a lot if you if you write papers. And um, yeah, you have to travel. I think that's very important. I think that's very important to travel and to apply to fellowships and see other people uh, working, see other systems. I think that's very important to have a to, to have a, a good training. That's I think general. I have. One last question. Sure. What's next for Dr. Olympio Hurchago? What's next for your practice? What's next in your studies? What's next in what you do as an aesthetic surgeon? 
Well, that's a tough question. I think I have to uh, have my own praxis. I think that's the next move. <laughs> because right now I'm, I'm working in a praxis, but it's not mine. So I think the next move is to have my own praxis. Uh, and uh, maybe to specialize more on uh, on nose <laughs> because I like the nose. Okay. <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's the, that's my next move to have uh, practice and to maybe to join some other people to be joined by by some other people and to specialize in something more. If anyone wants to find you, whether they want a surgery or whether they just want to work with you or ask mm-hmm. for advice, where can they reach you? Uh, I think the best way is to uh, search my website, which is uh, www.doctorolimpioharchaga.ro. And if they write me an email, I will definitely answer them. And uh, sure, uh, I'm, I'm still young, but I, I think I can, I can, I can offer something. <laughs> I, oh, I, I think that's that's actually not an advantage, right? <laughs> yes, that is true. It's true, but. Yes, uh, you you have to have some years of of, uh, of uh, you know practice to you know to train somebody and to you know to have a broader image. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the tough part in uh, in medicine. It's true. The fact that you always learn and then you maybe start your career thirty something, right? Because you're already you have to go through so many years of uh, training and education, and then it's uh, always a late career start. That's true. That's true. That, that is something that people have to consider, and I think uh, that, that's why no, not a lot of people are interested in medicine. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the issues that uh, that will come up uh, in the future, because I think a lot more people are nowadays getting interested in um, maybe doing software development or even podcasting, like uh, like I do yeah. right now, or yeah. anything else online, rather than than dirtying their hands in a human body. That's true. That's true. You, you you cannot work remotely, and that's mm-hmm. a big disadvantage. You have to be there to to see the patient and to work with the patient. And sometimes it's long hours and nights yeah. and uh, shifts and guards yeah, and all of that. So it's uh, it's not it's not easy. Yeah, that's true. That's that's why you have to specialize. I think if you specialize, you can you can have a better balance of your life, and you can you can work. You can you don't have to work that much if you specialize and if you do just one thing or. You can do that. I think that's advisable. Olympio, thank you very, very much for today. It's it was a been pleasure. a wonderful discussion. It was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, I hope people will enjoy it, enjoy it and somebody will learn something for this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Definitely. That's the whole purpose of this. So we have the well, same hope. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I don't think plastic surgeons will, will go uh, you know in near future on Mars because they don't be needed there. <laughs> <laughs> but still, Mars can be on Earth as well. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So much. Uh, thank you.